Therapeutic oligonucleotides are drugs that target messenger RNAs to change protein expression. Although the concept of using synthetic oligonucleotides to modulate RNA function was described as early as 1978, its realization in the form of drugs has required advances in genomics, chemistry, pharmacology, and drug delivery. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking to Arthur Levin, Executive Vice President of Research and Development at Avidity Biosciences. He's also a former director of the Oligonucleotide Therapeutics Society and has played key roles in the development of numerous oligonucleotide-based treatments. Dr. Levin recently wrote a Frontiers in Medicine article on treating disease at the RNA level with oligonucleotides. Dr. Levin, using genomic information to design drugs to treat diseases that were once viewed to be refractory to drug therapy is clearly seen as a promising development. What are therapeutic oligonucleotides and where have they shown clinical promise? So therapeutic oligonucleotides are short pieces of either RNA or DNA, short meaning usually in the range of 20 to 30 nucleotides in length. Some of them are double-stranded, some of them are single-stranded, and depending upon the chemical nature of the particular oligonucleotide or whether it's single-stranded or double-stranded, one can design drugs which will interact with RNAs to modulate their function, and they can modulate their function in a number of different ways, and those ways are outlined in the article that I wrote. And we give a couple of examples in that article that include an oligonucleotide, which is designed to force the skipping of an exon of a pre-mRNA. Like we give another example of an oligonucleotide, which is designed to force the inclusion of an exon in another particular RNA, which will alter the course of a disease. And then finally, there are examples where you can either cleave a messenger RNA in order to inhibit the function. So if you have a disease-related protein that you want to inhibit the expression of, you can create either antisense molecules or short interfering RNAs that utilize endogenous enzymes in order to cleave the targeted messenger RNA and reduce the expression of the disease-related protein. There are a number of different ways that one can employ these oligonucleotide therapeutics. And what I've tried to illustrate in the article is the concept that there are multiple mechanisms of action that can be used. With all those mechanisms, how do you go about reducing the odds of off-target effects on bystander RNAs? So the primary and most important way to avoid those is to select oligonucleotides using a bioinformatics screen to find oligonucleotide sequences that will only match the particular target gene and that are target messenger RNA. That's often a challenge, but it is achievable And again, as we improve our information about bioinformatics or our skills with bioinformatics, we've become much more facile in our ability to design oligonucleotide therapeutics that don't hit bystander genes. That being said, we're always on the lookout for potential off-target events. And the advantage that oligonucleotide therapeutics have is that we can predict what the off-target events are going to be based upon sequence information. Whereas if you're designing a small molecule, you don't necessarily know where that small molecule is going to bind in a protein pocket in a potential off-target protein, not the targeted protein. So there are certain advantages, and it allows the investigators to really take advantage of genomics information to design drugs in a rational way. So that's certainly one advantage. Are there other clinical advantages of using oligonucleotide-based treatment as compared with traditional drug therapy? Yes. So one of the key advantages, of course, is the fact that we can directly use genomic information, sequence information, to design drugs. Now, of course, the promise is that any oligonucleotide that you design that's a perfect match to a messenger RNA is going to have biological activity. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So we really have to design multiple 
perfectly matched sequences in order to find a therapeutic agent. Because although we like to think of sequences of RNA and DNA as long strings or strings of pearls, in reality, those strings of pearls have secondary structure and they're also bound with proteins. So not every site on a messenger RNA is going to be accessible to the oligonucleotide therapeutic to come in to hybridize to it and then bring in whatever enzymes are associated with that particular mechanism of action. But the real key advantage is that using rational design based upon Watson and Crick base pairing, you can come up very rapidly with oligonucleotide therapeutics. So some therapeutic oligonucleotides have been approved by the FDA, but there are still challenges to overcome. And in your article, you describe these broadly as drug safety and drug delivery. Can you expand on that? So drug safety has been an issue for some particular sequences, and it may be related to a particular sequence or a particular chemical modification that's associated with the sequences. When we talk about oligonucleotide therapeutics, we're not talking about native RNA or native DNA. Often the nucleotide sequences have chemical modifications to them to improve their pharmacokinetics or to improve their durability with respect to withstanding nucleases that are endogenous and ubiquitously expressed throughout the body. So a number of oligonucleotides have shown some levels of toxicity. The primary ones, of course, are that small pieces of RNA and DNA are often recognized by cells as being related to either viral infections or bacterial infections. So there are the toll-like receptors and other receptors in innate immunity that tend to respond to oligonucleotide therapeutics. Now, the industry and researchers in general have gone a long way to describe chemical modifications and sequences that can be avoided in order to avoid some of those toxicities. But yet it's still not completely possible to dial all of those particular aspects out of an oligonucleotide design. So there tends to be some residual level of stimulation of innate immunity by oligonucleotide therapeutics. So those are examples of where there are potentials for toxicity. Very often, these responses to toll-like receptors or these innate immune responses can be observed in patients that may experience constitutional symptoms at the worst, where people are getting fever and chills after administration of an oligonucleotide. Or there are some oligonucleotides which have produced injection site reactions at a subcutaneous injection site. So those are a couple of examples where there are some safety issues that are well understood and we're working to try and avoid those toxicities. But again, it's been very difficult to dial them out completely. There's been some other safety issues with oligonucleotide therapeutics, but in general, the class has been relatively well tolerated. And as you pointed out, there have been a number of approvals and the number of approvals seems to be increasing on a yearly basis. So again, the people in the field have worked diligently to try and avoid these toxicities, to understand what particular sequence motifs, are there specific chemical modifications that could be made to an oligonucleotide to reduce these effects. And again, that's leading to safer drugs. The other thing that's leading to safer drugs, which you've also alluded to, is the fact that we now understand a little bit more about how to deliver oligonucleotides safely. So we no longer have to inject, and, and again, oligonucleotides tend to be given parenterally. We no longer have to inject large quantities of oligonucleotides to essentially flood the body. We're now coming up with ways that oligonucleotide therapeutics can be targeted to specific tissues. The most obvious way to target to a specific tissue is to do a local injection. So the first antisense drug that was approved was Fomavirsin back in 1998, and that was injected locally into the eye. Other local sites of injection include intrathecal administration for administration of drugs to the central nervous system, and those and there are a number of drugs which are now in development or even approved 
which are being administered by intrathecal administration and affecting messenger RNA function in the CNS. There's some new technologies which are being developed, which are allowing oligonucleotides to be targeted to specific cell types. There are a number of different drugs in development, which are conjugated to a trinary GALMAC molecule, which is a sugar molecule that will bind to a specific receptor on hepatocytes called the acetylglycoprotein receptor. So it's now possible to deliver oligonucleotides directly to hepatocytes and therefore the liver has become a very popular target for oligonucleotide therapeutics. And of course, there are dozens, if not hundreds of diseases that can be tackled by altering the expression of genes in the liver. Finally, you've begun to answer this question in some depth, but in addition to their current use in conditions such as spinal muscle atrophy and hyperlipidemia, where they act on messenger RNA, where do you see the future of oligonucleotide-based treatments? What's next? So there are a number of different indications that people are looking at. I think as we learn more about how RNA is processed, we're finding that there are new mechanisms by which we can alter messenger RNA or RNA function. And of course, RNA function is now an exploding area of research. And the old central dogma in biology, DNA RNA protein is now much more complicated. And now we've got RNAs and there are multiple splice variants of RNAs. There are RNAs which are regulatory in nature. So as we learn more about how RNA is modulating biological effects in cells, tissues, and animals, we're uncovering a number of different new ways that we can use oligonucleotides to modulate gene function. One of my favorite examples to give as we talk about how RNA as a potential weapon in our armamentarium for fighting disease, if one looks at the viral genomes, there are a number of different viruses that actually express regulatory RNAs, human or mammalian regulatory RNAs in order to regulate their environment. And I view this as an example of how nature has used RNA for millennia to modulate gene processes associated with viral infections. And there's no reason why we can't learn how to modulate RNA biology for the purposes of fighting disease. So the field of RNA biology is rapidly expanding and using oligonucleotide therapeutics, we're beginning to take a look at how we can modulate multiple biological functions, not just messenger RNA function, using RNA therapeutics. Thank you, Dr. Levin.